just a couple of weeks ago, we celebrated Vocation Awareness Week. And when I think when we hear the either prayer for vocations or vocation awareness week or vocations in general, we always tend to think of priests and nuns and monks and, and all that kind of thing. And we say, okay, yeah, we're going to pray for, for all those, you know, men and women who are thinking of that, you know, who are crazy enough to do something like that. But vocation, each one of us has a vocation. We're all called by God, right? Whether it be doctors, whether it be dentists, whether it be you know, architects, what have you. And since this week we're celebrating Catholic Schools Week, it brought to my mind that probably one of the greatest vocations, in my opinion, is that of a teacher. How often we overlook that task, right? But then at the same time, how many of us remember teachers that have changed our lives? I can look back and when I was in middle school, I can remember my geography teacher, my math teacher, and I remember the passion with with which they taught. Those are generally the teachers that we remember. Remember the geography teacher, he put up two big maps on the wall and we had what was called, you know, map competitions where the teacher would say a capital, a river, a country, and there's one student in front of each map and whoever pointed to the place first would win. And he would get so excited about his class, you know, he he would start almost like spitting on the front row. And I remember we were joking. We said, well, one day we're going to all bring in umbrellas when we come to his class. You know, that's how excited he got into his class. And uh, needless to say, we didn't do that. But We remember those teachers who had an impact on our lives. Today we read from the Gospel according to Mark, right? And it's from the very first chapter of Mark. It's the start of his Gospel. He's told us about how Jesus met John the Baptist, how Jesus called his apostles, and now for the very first time we read about Jesus And he begins his ministry. Now, we know the gospel writers were pressed for time, for space. John the Evangelist, when he finished his gospel, the very last line, if you don't believe me, go and read it, the very last line of the gospel according to St. John is, if everything that Jesus said and did were written down, I don't think the whole world could contain the books that would be written What he's trying to say is so much was said and done by Jesus Christ in his lifetime. So what was the goal of a gospel writer? Any writer for that matter, any historian, anyone who's writing about someone. Well, in one small book, you've got to put down the most essential, the most important things. So you can say, okay. Jesus teaches for the first time. And what does Mark do? He doesn't say one word about what Jesus said. Wait a minute. This is like the inaugural address. This is his first teaching in a public synagogue. You think the guy would have recorded what he said, at least a word? Mark says nothing. We can say, well, why is that? Why does Mark not mention anything he said? 
Let's go to see what Mark says. He says, He taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. That's how Mark sums up Jesus' first teaching experience. As one having authority, that's what Mark says. Authority. When we hear the word authority in our day and age, we think power. We think whoever has the biggest army, he's the one with the authority. The one who's got the power, he's the one that's got the authority. But that's not the case. Authority, the word in Greek that Mark used here, Jesus teaching with authority, is a compound word. It comes from two Greek words, exousia. The word is exousia. It comes from exousia. Ex, which means out of or from. Usia substance or from his being, from who he was. So what Mark is saying is that Jesus taught them not like the scribes who would repeat what Rabbi so-and-so or the other or the other said. Jesus didn't teach like them. He taught with authority. He taught from who he was. What Mark is saying to us is that what's important is what is who Jesus was, not what he said in that first discourse. I can think back to when I was over in Rome, John Paul II was dying. He was in his last days. I was at his funeral, actually. But John Paul II gave his last discourse, his last public appearance, on Easter Sunday, one week before he died. I think all of us have fond memories of John Paul II. And he came out to that window overlooking St. Peter's Square. I was there. Thousands of people waiting to hear what John Paul II would say. He approached the window of the balcony. He looked out at the crowds. And because of his illness, no matter how much he tried, he didn't utter one word. He tried and tried and couldn't utter one word. And at that point, John Paul II lifted up his hand, made the sign of the cross over the people, turned around and walked back into his apartment. The square was electrified. Everyone burst into applause. Some people were in tears. And you can say, why is that? The man didn't say one single word. It was because of who he was. John Paul II taught with authority. In a sense, He taught not with what he said, but so much more with who he was. And I think each one of us can stop and reflect and say, is who I am speaking more than what I say? Am I more worried about who I am than what I will say. St. Francis of Assisi has 
a very famous phrase which he re would repeat with frequency, and it goes like this. He said, preach at all times, and when necessary, use words. <laughs> 